up a plate as as we preach, enjoy some food, right? I mean, this is great. This is great. This is what we kill for. This is awesome. Um, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, before we do anything, like we do here, let's show some love and appreciation to everyone who serves on a team. Come on. Oh, come on. There we go. There we go. That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, and I, I want to let you know if this is your first time ever here or second time ever here, uh, just fill out the little blue card in your chair. Um, and we have a free gift for you. You can just leave it at the info booth at the very back uh, just to say thank you for being here and uh, that stuff. Um, we also have uh, just one announcement today. We have partnership meeting next Sunday, next week. Uh, so what partnership is is when you've decided to make Mountainside your home church. Uh, and, and basically, uh, we meet three times a year. We talk about uh, finances, how we're doing financially. Um, we set some different goals, some different vision ideas, and, and talk about detail about anchor year and that kind of thing. Um, so I really want to encourage you, uh, be here. It's directly after service next Sunday. Um, and if you're not a partner yet, you can become a partner. Uh, just go to mountainside.church slash partnership and all, all the infos there. And there's free lunch, right? So like, is it even a question? Like free lunch, like that's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so I want to challenge you to be uh, there for that. And with that, grade five, six, seven, eight, you are now dismissed. You can head out to the exit door right there. Have a great time at Junior Youth. <clears throat> So, uh, so I think it was two weeks ago, I was talking to my buddy about, um, I was talking to my buddy who will rename, will, who will be nameless, uh, he's in the room though, I was just throwing it out there, uh, we were exchanging funny high school stories, and kind of, you know, there's, there's always good pranks or good kind of ideas and that kind of thing, uh, and he once was telling me how he had, uh, an assignment to do, a project of some sort of homework, and, uh, uh, it was due the next day, but he didn't want to do it. You know, for whatever reason, he didn't want to do it. So uh, the next day in class, he says to his teacher, oh, it, it's, it, it's all done. It's all saved online and everything, but I didn't have any paper in my printer at home. So, like, you understand, you know, and, and, and his, t his teacher is kind of like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, like, like, you know what? No worries. That totally makes sense. People run out of paper. And my buddy's thinking, dodge the bullet, right? Dodge the bullet. And then it's, the next line is, Go to the computer lab and print it on there. There's tons of paper at the school. And, uh, of course, he's kind of busted, like, all right, I didn't actually do my homework, you know. Um, and I, I, I can relate with that perfectly. I, I, I know that feeling of not wanting to do homework. I remember one time, uh, same, same scenario, project due the next day. Uh, people were handing in on USB, so I got a USB, Googled how to corrupt a USB so it didn't want to work, you know. Hand that in, buy yourself a day. Like, I, I, I get that world, right? As a high school kid, you know, or at least, I don't know, for me, I wanted to go climb a tree or skateboard or something, right? Like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to do homework and this kind of thing. Um, homework is, is, is a tough one for a high school kid. But look, we know, though, you know, as, as we grow up and as we mature, because we'd never do that now, right? As we mature, um, just because something's tough doesn't mean that you don't do it, right? It, Life is filled with things that are tough to do and, 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 and hard work and all this kind of thing. And today we're continuing our, our series called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And the premise is this, is that prayer is important. doesn't mean it's easy, but prayer is really, really, really important. Um, and specifically, we're, we're doing this thing where for 21 days, uh, as a church, we are, we are praying and, and, and fasting. And all the details are found right there at mountainside.church. And we started last Wednesday... 
Uh, and it's been, it's been really fun. And I would encourage you, if you're thinking, oh, I missed it, started Wednesday, it's, it's okay. You can be like 19 days of prayer and fasting or 17 or whatever, whatever it is, you know. Um, just, just hop on a little late. It, it, it's all good. Don't feel like you can't uh, join it. Um, in the, the last couple weeks, we've talked about how important uh, prayer is a, as a church family. That, that's important to do together. And we talked about how uh, prayer and fasting is important when, when we fast, when we give uh, food up. You know, it, it shows our seriousness to God and, and it, it makes a difference. And today I want to talk about another aspect of prayer um, that I don't think we talk about enough. We don't talk about this aspect of prayer. Uh, and, and, and my prayer for you today as we talk about prayer is that every single one of us would leave a, a, a little, feeling a little more confident how we pray. Feeling a little, a little more uh, in our minds capable of of prayer. And, and you know what, this is for people who, you know, you've been in church your whole life, you've heard a million sermons, and this is for anyone who, who maybe you're thinking, you know, I, I don't know if I really even believe in God, I'm kind of just checking out the, the church thing out. This is for you too, okay, because I think we all can benefit from this and, uh, and, and, and learn from this. So today I want to I tell you about uh, uh, a person in the scripture who's kind of an unsung hero, someone that, that we've, we, to be honest, I've never heard his name really, actually. Uh, uh, unless I'm reading through the Bible real quick, and it's this name that is tough to pronounce, so you kind of forget it, and, and maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. It's this guy named Epaphras, Epaphras, in the book of Colossians, in, in the, the New Testament. And this guy, Epaphras, uh, we, we don't know too much about him, we don't know too much of, of his history, but we know he's, he's this guy that was born in the city of Colossae, um, so picture on a, on a map, if you see Greece, uh, a, a little bit east to that, there's, there's modern-day Turkey, uh, and there's this Roman colony called Colossae. Um, this is kind of ancient history case, okay? so this is, this is way, way back in the day. Um, and this guy, Epaphras, he's born in Colossae. He ends up going to this other city called Ephesians, and he meets this guy there named Paul. Um, and, and this guy named uh, Paul, he, he's a church leader, and basically Paul's, Paul's kind of mission in life and purpose in life was just going city to city to city, telling people about God, telling people about, about Jesus. And, and, and the message is really simple, right? And Paul's message is what our message is, and it's the message of Jesus, that regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done, God really cares about you. He really, really loves you. Uh, so much that he died on the cross, he rose again, that we can all be in relationship with God. There, there's no judgment. There's no condemning. There's only compassion. There's, there's only love. That's the message. And uh, Paul would have told this, this guy, Epaphras, this, and Epaphras then becomes a follower of Jesus. So Epaphras is all, you, you know, he's, he's all excited. Wow, I can know who God is too. And, 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 and it's just a really exciting time in, in his life. And what happens is uh, Epaphras goes back to his home city, Colossae, and he starts a church there. Kind of, you know, in the same way that, you know, uh, we, we've banded together here in Benbrook. We've started this church in Benbrook. Epaphras goes and starts a, a church there. Um, and later, Epaphras and Paul, they're, they're, they, they become friends, you know. And, and eventually, you know, Paul's kind of his mentor and this kind of thing. They're spending time together. And Epaphras starts telling Paul all about this church in Colossae. You know, and, and Paul's never been there, but Paul's hearing all these great stories of, wow, there's this awesome church in Colossae, and my, you know, my buddy Epaphras has started this church. This is, this is so great. He's so excited. And Paul gets so pumped and so excited, he decides to write a letter. He's like, oh, I got to just write a letter to these guys in Colossae. And that's the, the, the letter of Colossians in the Bible. Um, and this is how Paul starts off the letter, okay? This, this is what he says uh, in Colossians 1. I know there's a lot here, but we're just going to go with it. Um, so this is Paul talking to the church there. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing 
throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So he's just saying, hey, What's happening in your city, Colossae, it's happening all over the world. And it, this, is, this is incredible. And Epaphras is, is just the man. It goes on. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And Paul starts the letter off of kind of just, I want to encourage these guys. I want to just kind of send a letter to these guys. He starts it off by saying, I'm always praying for you. I'm constantly praying for you, that, that you would know God more, that you'd be filled with God's wisdom, that you would, you would continue to follow him day by day, regardless of what happens. And, and like we've been talking about the last few weeks, we're, we're defining prayer as just simply talking to God. Prayer is not this ritualistic thing. There's not a certain formula to it. It's just how you would speak to a friend. You would speak to God. That's, that's what that prayer is. And, and Paul's kind of going and saying, hey, just so you know, I'm always talking to God about you guys. I'm always praying for you guys. I, I, and and it, it's great because, you know, the next couple chapters in, in, in the, the book of Colossians, of this letter that Paul's writing, um, it's basically just, uh, just some wisdom on life. This is how we live life. This is how we love each other better. This is how we love God better. And I want to zero in on the ending of this letter here because Paul starts off saying, by the way, I'm always praying for you guys. But then he ends off with something interesting. And, and I want to I focus on this today. Um, Paul tells them that their church leader, Epaphras, is praying for them. Okay, and, and, and look what it is in, in, uh, right here. Epaphras, who was one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Look, this, this, this is the key part, okay? He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Look, he is always wrestling. Epaphras, when he's praying... He's not just praying, he's wrestling. He's wrestling in prayer. So my question on is, what on earth is that? <laughs> wrestling in prayer. Like, I, I, what does that even mean? Um, so if, if you look up the Greek, and by the way, I'm not some scholar. You know, every time I say the Greek, you just Google it, right? Like, it, it all shows up. Feel free to do this, by the way, on your own. Um, it's awesome. The, the Greek word there is, is it's tough to pronounce, agonizomahi. Okay, that, that's kind of tough for, for us to pronounce. And it, it talks about um, kind of this struggle, contending, um, trying to get a prize. And, and, and you see, do you see an English word in there? Agonize. Agonize. So when he's wrestling in prayer, it's almost like he's, he's agonizing in prayer. There's, there's this struggle. There's this, uh, 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 th th this fight that's going on. And, and it's, maybe it's this thing that's like, but I thought prayer is just talking to God. What, what do you mean he's agonizing? What do you mean he's, he's, he's wrestling? Look, prayer can be, it, it, prayer is talking to God. But that doesn't mean it's always this chill, laid back thing. Sometimes it can get a little intense. Sometimes it, there can actually be some, some fighting in there. Not against God, but with God. Um, it, it, it talks about how, how um, you know, it's either in an athletic sense or a warfare sense. So there's, there's almost this, this struggle in war as, as, as we pray. So prayer can be war. Interesting, right? It's like, okay, now we're getting really off the deep end because, like, what, what on earth does that mean? Um, if we read on in the scripture, we, we find out that 
you know, the enemy that we fight in life, it's not each other. It should never be each other. If we are fighting against each other, we've missed it. Because that's not what Jesus came to do at all. The, the, the struggle that we have, the fight that we have is not against each other, other humans. It's about the unseen world. The scripture talks about how, how uh, there's this world that we don't see. Uh, we, we can see physical things, right? This is a physical chair. We see physical things. But there's actually an unseen spiritual world that you don't see, that I don't see, that we don't see. And when we pray, it's a struggle in that world. And the truth is, there's, there's spiritual darkness, there's spiritual evil that we're fighting against, there's demonic forces that we are fighting about. And as we pray, there's struggle there in that spiritual world. Um, and no matter what happens, Jesus is the winner, okay? Let, let's get that clear, we're, we're not afraid of, of, of that. Regardless of what evil comes against us, we know that Jesus has conquered, the vi victory is his, therefore it's ours. But that doesn't mean there's not some war to do. That doesn't mean that there's not some intense struggling to do. That doesn't mean there's not some wrestling that has to happen in the spiritual as we pray, as we pray. There's lots of kind of prayer. The kind of prayer I, I want to talk about this morning, though, is the wrestling type of prayer, the struggle kind of prayer, the war type of prayer, the prayer uh, that, that as we pray, it's actually like spiritual weapons, spiritual warfare. Um, and we believe that as we pray, there's some struggle going on, and things change in the spiritual, and then things change in the physical. That's what we believe. And that's what Epaphras was doing when he's wrestling in prayer. That's what he's praying. He's praying to the spiritual things that they would change so that physical things could change. And that's where, you know, sometimes in church world, and if you haven't heard it yet, I'm sure as time goes you'll hear it, there's kind of this concept of prayer warrior. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that person over there, such a prayer warrior. Wow. Oh, this person, you know. And, and, and the concept is it, it's kind of, you know, it, it, someone who knows how to pray. Someone who, you know, if you need a prayer answered, it's like you go to the prayer warrior and say, hey, can you pray for this? You know, and they're going to go struggle. They're going to go wrestle in prayer for you. They're going to, you know, so someone that you go to for, for those prayers. When you need evil to give way, you go to the prayer warrior, you know, this kind of thing. And, and, and traditionally, you know, in our hearts and in, in, in heads, we think, you know, there's, you know, one or two prayer, really great prayer warriors in every church, you know, and this kind of thing. And, 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 and that's why sometimes we call, uh, you know, the prayer room the war room, you know, because it's, it's we're going to war. You know, prayer is that spiritual weapon that, that, that makes a difference. And, and look at one of the last pieces of advice that Paul gives to this church in Colossae, okay? And we don't know if he ever visited this church. He, he most likely just wrote them this letter. He says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And when he talks about de devote, the, 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 the root of that Greek there is talking about constantly, always be doing it. It's just saying that it's not a one-time thing. God, I'm praying for this, so God, I pray for it. Okay, and moving on. It's this thing where it's, okay, I'm praying for it. It hasn't been realized yet. That's fine. I'm going to pray for it. It hasn't been realized yet. That's fine. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep wrestling in this. I'm not going to give up in this. Who knows? That's not easy, though. That's not easy. Are you kidding? I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's so natural to want to just do the, 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 the one-off prayer. That, that's kind of human nature, isn't it? But God's calling us to more than that. And, and Paul's challenging them, uh, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourself uh, to prayer. And as you read on about kind of Paul's life and kind of uh, him writing about Jesus and this kind of thing, Paul gives us a little bit of insight in, into going a little deeper in this subject, okay? Um, this is one of my favorite 
passages in Scripture just because it gives me hope. Because it talks about how Paul struggles. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. If Paul struggled, I could struggle. It's okay, you know. Um, uh, look at this, Romans 7. Again, there's a lot here, but I, I think it's important for us to get, get this deep in our hearts, okay? Um, so this is Paul talking. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. So that's the sinful part of us. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Anyone else confused? <laughs> it's just like, whoa, tongue twister or what? Um, uh, and I, there's actually another one, right, guys? Can we throw the next one up? Um, I have discovered this principle of life, that what I want to do, okay, no, sorry, <laughs> that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And there's this concept and this principle of, okay, we know what's right. And we know it's wrong. We always do what's wrong. We never do what's right. And this is my life in a nutshell, right? It's like, okay, God, I know you want me to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. I do this instead. This is, this is, you know, just the struggle, right? As being a human being where sin is constantly trying to pounce on us and take us away from what God wants to do. This is a struggle that we can all relate with. We know we're supposed to pray. We don't pray. We know we're supposed to wrestle in prayer. Okay, I got to wrestle in prayer. I got to fight in the spiritual. I got to make a difference here. And I'm not going to do that at all. That, that's, that's my life constantly, day by day. But look, the last sentence here, throw the verse up again. He gives us the hope. He gives us the answer. He's like, so what, you know, I hope it's not too depressing for you. He ends off uh, by, by saying this. Who will save me? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Christ, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the answer. He is the key. Look, when we don't measure up, when we feel like we know what's right and we do what's wrong, every time over and over and over, Jesus is the answer. And I know that's classic Sunday school answer, right? It's like, Paul, come on, man, give us something deep. Give us something real. Don't just say Jesus. That's like a cop-out, right? Like, it's like, well, what's this, Jesus? Like, it's, come on. But that, that's what it is, though. It's Jesus. It's knowing that who Jesus is and what he's done and who he makes us to be. Get this. He turns us into a new person when we decide to go his way. When we believe, when we have faith in him to go his way, he actually changes us. And every day from then on, he's slowly changing us to be more and more like him. Look, he loves you so much that he takes you just as you are. Everything included. You don't need to change anything about who you are when you follow him. He's just like, yes, who you are exactly, that is who I want. But look, he loves you way too much to keep you that way. As time goes, he's going to change you day by day by day. And it said, the scriptures tells us that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Spirit of Jesus lives inside of us and gives us the strength. And he changes us. And there's no judgment when we fall short. There's no condemnation when we fall short just because he's already taken care of it. 
He's that good. And so if you feel like you've made too many mistakes, to Jesus, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as you've gone too far down that path. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist with who Jesus is. That's how good he is. And when we follow Jesus, like what Paul's referring to, thank goodness for Jesus, he makes us into new people. He gives us new identities. Look, whether we feel it or not, the scripture says he makes us into new creations, new people. New people. Can you believe that? So get this. Naturally, on our own, we are people who we know this is right, we know that's wrong, we're going to do what's wrong. Naturally, that's who we are. But look, with Jesus, he actually gives us the ability to do what is right. He actually gives us the ability to go his way instead of our own way. He gives us a new identity. So look, get this. You actually do have it in you to pray the way that God wants you to pray. Whether you feel it or not, whether you feel like you have that ability or not, whether you feel like you're equipped to do it or not, he's actually put it in you to do it. Because of Jesus, you actually are someone who can pray. You actually are someone who can see things change in the spiritual world. Isn't that wild? Little old us. Just regular people. Nothing professional or fancy about us. It's incredible. That discipline of prayer is really tough. But look, with Jesus, with us, giving us a new identity, changing us day by day by day, we actually do have it in us because of who he is. Isn't that incredible? So this is what I want to leave you with. This is kind of the main point I, I have for you is this. With Jesus, you are a prayer warrior. You are. And that might be laughable in your mind. But you are. Remember when I said, you know, normally churches will have one or two really great prayer warriors, this kind of thing? You should have thrown something at me. You should have taken off your shoes, <laughs> who do you think, you know, walked out, whatever. Um, there's not just one or two really good prayer warriors in the room right now. We are church filled. Every single one of us has what it takes to be a prayer warrior because the spirit of God lives inside of you. Because he loves you. Because he's with you. And maybe you're thinking, Mike, it's just crazy talk because I've never prayed intensely like that. When you talk about how Epaphras, it says he wrestled in prayer for that church. You know, he just, he just was into it. He, he probably spent so many hours in prayer and, and, and was just getting really intense as he prayed. And kind of like he, he was like battling as he was praying. That, that's not who I am. Actually, it is. Actually, it is. And I'm not saying it has to look a certain way. It doesn't mean you need to pray in a microphone. It doesn't need, mean uh, you need to raise your volume loud. It doesn't mean you need to do it with a certain character. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you actually do have it in you to pray and see things change spiritually. You do. You don't have to look at this professional prayer person and say, wow, they're so spiritual and so filled with prayer and they're such a prayer warrior. No, no, no. Those days are done. When Jesus came, those days were done because you actually have it in you to do that. You have it in you to do that. When we pray against evil, evil will submit. When we pray with authority, we have authority. And again, we've we talked about this the last few weeks. It doesn't mean that, you know, uh, all of our prayers are answered exactly the way we see fit. We trust that God knows best. We don't always understand why God uh, does certain things and doesn't do certain things. But as, as a, a kid trusts their parents, we're trusting God, Right? and what he's doing. But look, I, I just want to, you know, build a little bit of faith in the room today. You actually can see a miracle happen in your life. 
that thing you've given up on and, and you've lost hope for, that actually can change. Look, your life actually has an incredible purpose, and you can make a huge difference in this world. You can, honestly. And look, it's tough to pray. It's hard work. It's tough to wrestle. It's tough to fight. It's tough to be in battle. Of course it is. But look, we do it anyways. We do it anyways. Epaphras, as he's wrestling in prayer, this kind of thing, it doesn't mean that it was easy. But he did it because of who Jesus is. Okay? Um, So so I have just three quick challenges for you. Um, In in just a minute, I'm going to invite my friend Betty up to share just for a few minutes too. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, uh, uh, setting this up. But the first thing I want to challenge you to do is this. I want us to acknowledge that prayer is hard work. I think sometimes, too often, we think, um, you know, oh, I, I, I tried praying, and like 30 seconds in, I was like, well, I got, oh, I ran out. <laughs> I still to pray for it. I don't know what to do next. Um, so I guess, I guess I'm not a prayer warrior. I guess I'm not. Look, look, look. It's okay. Prayer is hard work. Just because it's not natural doesn't mean that you weren't meant to do it. There's tons of things that are tough, but guess what? We're meant to do it. Raising kids, that's tough. It's not always natural. It doesn't mean you don't raise your kids, right? And, and, and it, all this hard work, I, I know. I hope um, you know that you're not alone in the struggle of prayer, that how prayer can be difficult. I hope you're not alone in that. I struggle with prayer. I do. I, I, I have to, I have like a, a Saturday night mountainside list of by Saturday night this has to be done this has to like I had to schedule like pray for the service tomorrow like it's, I have to schedule it because I'm going to forget because it's tough and it's hard to do it is um it's wrestling but that's okay that's okay right um I'm going to invite Betty up just, just for a, a few minutes and Betty I've asked Betty just to share um some thoughts on how you develop uh, a, a prayer life um and Betty's just a good friend of mine who who is a prayer warrior but not the only prayer warrior. You are all prayer warriors too. But I, uh, why don't you share just for a few moments, Betty, on that? And uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the first thought that came over my mind, uh, came to my mind when Mike asked me was, um, I just think it would be difficult seemingly to spend time with someone that you cannot see. And I, I vision, I, because I'm a visionary person and I, I I like to have a vision. I like to be able to see things when I'm talking in my head. And so I just visualize some of us sitting on a chair or a couch or wherever. And okay, I'm going to spend time. This is, yeah, this is it. I'm going to spend time with God now. And you're sitting there and it's like, and he's not seemingly there um, because you can't see him. And so sometimes for me, it's just easier to pick up a phone. I would like to pick up a phone and actually talk to somebody. I would like to be able to say, okay, this is what's going on in my life. So have you got any, like, any answers? Have you got anything to say about that? But, and that's great. But God, over time and in my life, I have come to realize that and we're all different, and it works differently, but it takes time. And it takes intentionally um, believing that he is with you and that he is going to speak to you in ways that you will understand. For me, it's writing it out. It's writing out my prayer. It's writing out what I have to say, and I believe that he answers in my writing. You are different, 
but he is there and he, and he is listening to everything that you have to say. And once I just got that into my head, I just keep doing it on a regular basis intentionally. It's intentionally and it's like Mike said, it's hard because you think you're there by yourself talking to yourself, but it's not so. And the other point is that there are a fair amount of people in this room and most of them, I probably know you by name, most, most of you. Some I know more than your name, but there are some that I know and I've gotten to know well. And why is that? Because I spend time with you. Because we ask questions and we speak to one another and we share. And this morning, my good friend Kim and I asked her if it was okay if I used her name she told me something this morning, and her and I are friends, and we hugged each other this morning, and we have spent time together. We shared a lot of stuff in our lives. And this morning, I, I, I asked her, hey, I haven't seen you. I've missed you. I haven't seen you for a bit. And um, I said, you still love me, right? And yes, of course, I'm adorable, right? And so, and so she just shared with me why I haven't you know, why she might not have seen me or spoke to me or texted me or private messaged me. And it was like, huh, okay. But if I didn't know that, if I hadn't intentionally spoke with her, if we didn't actually have a relationship, I might not know that. And so I have a relationship with a lot of you here. And with that relationship, you grow to know one another, you speak back and forth to one another, you begin to love one another, care about one another, pray for one another, and then what happens is that you want to know them more. You want to spend more time with them. It, it gives you that incentive to want to spend more time with them, and God is the same. And I'm going to leave you with a, a Bible verse that because I'm a visionary, so I visualized this in my head when I, when I uh, found it. It's in Psalm 116, 1 to 2. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. He bends down. Then my head went, it's <laughs> weird, but because I'm visualizing again, and I'm going, so like he's talking to Moses and Elijah and all these people, and I'm, I'm sitting, I finally sit down in my, my couch and just say, dear Lord, and he goes, wait a minute. He just puts his one finger up and says, hold on to that Moses and Elijah. Betty is speaking to me, and I need to bend down to listen to what she has to say. He'll do that for you too. So, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, show some love. Thank you, Betty. Yeah, that's good. And that, that, that's encouraging, right? He, he wants to listen to us because he really loves us, right? And, and as difficult as prayer can be, as we work on it, as we build that relationship with God, it becomes more natural and it becomes easier as time goes, right? Um, but there's still that element of wrestling, of war, of, of, of this, right? And uh, that, that's, yeah, that's powerful. Thanks, Betty. Appreciate that. Um, second challenge I have for you is, is this. I want you to acknowledge that we need help to develop a prayer life. Again, it's, it doesn't mean it's, it's this natural thing. 
Epaphras. We don't know a lot about his life in, in the Bible. But we can assume it wasn't just this natural thing where he just fell into it. Like, oh, I'm so good at this. I'm so great. It's like, no, it's a struggle. That's why he wrestled. That's why he wrestled in prayer. Um, building habits is tough. Our human bodies would rather sleep than get up and pray. Our human bodies would rather watch TV than, than pray. Like, that, this, is, this is to be human, right? Um, but the third, the third challenge I have for you is this. I want us to acknowledge that with Jesus, we actually are prayer warriors, though. That that's who we are. That that's actually our identity. Um, I, I got a book for Christmas called Atomic Habits. It's just about building good, good habits in your life and this kind of thing. The Lord knows I need many <laughs> of those. Um, and it talks about how if you want to change your or if you want to change your habit in your life, the number one thing that you do is you change how you see yourself in that way with that habit. You change your identity with that. So if you want to stop smoking, you no longer label yourself, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a smoker. You say, oh no, I, I, I don't smoke. You know, um, if, if you want to get healthy, you tell yourself that. No, I, I'm, I'm a healthy person. You go and you buy healthy uh, or, or, or gym clothes and this kind of thing. You know, you, you remind yourself that, like, I, I'm a healthy person. And that actually helps you form good habits. And I want us to be people who pray. I want us to be a church that prays, that we value prayer. And we're going to take this seriously. Um, so in the same way that Epaphras saw a difference because he wrestled in prayer, Let's remind ourselves, let's tell ourselves, we see a change when we pray. We wrestle in prayer, and we see God make a difference. So we're going to try something that might be a little awkward for you, but I don't care, okay? Um, and if you're newer here, and you're kind of like, you guys are weird, what's going on? We just do this because we love people, okay? And we, we care about people. But out loud, um, I want us to say, I am a prayer warrior. I want you to say it out loud, okay? Okay, ready? I am a, I am a prayer warrior, okay? Three, two, one. I am a prayer warrior. Wouldn't that feel nice? Say it one more time, okay? Let's say it with, with some oomph, right? Like so, some of that, okay? Three, two, one. I am a prayer warrior. And some of you, you're just like, whoa, I am? And your body is kind of like, wait, what? Your mind's like, wait, what? And you heard it out loud, but you said it. And it's true. That's who you are. Um, Another challenge on, on, on top of just kind of reminding yourself that this is who you are, um, we're doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's not too late to hop on board. Um, if you go to, uh, could you go to the, 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 yeah, if you go to the Mount Sider Church slash pray, um, you can hop on that. And it's basically every morning we're trying to spend some time in prayer. Um, and we're trying to fast for 21 days, a, a particular food item or drink item, this kind of thing. And it's just important as a church of us, kind of building habits together, right? Like, this is what we do. We pray. We're prayer warriors. That's what we do. Um, if, yeah, if you could just take five minutes out of your morning, every morning, do that with us. We just do it on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's super easy to do. Um, but as we close up here, as we close, I want to give you kind of the ultimate example of someone who wrestled in prayer. And it's not Epaphras. It's Jesus. Um, the scripture tells us, and, and, you know, Jesus is, he's the best model for any, anything good in life. Jesus is the ultimate model of that, right? It, it, it's great. Um, right before Jesus was crucified on the cross, the scripture tells us that he was in the garden praying. Um, and the scripture says that he was praying in absolute anguish, total agony. And what was he praying for? The scripture tells us he was actually praying for you. He's praying for me. Uh, he knew he was about to die on the cross. And he says that I pray for all my followers and for anyone who will one day be my follower. Isn't that incredible? Jesus wrestled in prayer 
for you. Wow, let that sink in. That is wild. Like Jesus, God of the universe, in the flesh, he wrestled in prayer for you. And he knew what was coming the, the very next morning. He knew that all of the sin of, of any sin that you've ever done in your past, any sin I've ever done, any sin that the future, it was all, all of the sin of all the world was being put on him, one person. And he had carried that burden. He carried that weight. And he carried it as he carried his cross until he got to that hill and they crucified him there. The Son of God, God in the flesh, God who came down from heaven to earth. And look, the, the worst part of the cross wasn't the physical pain. It was the spiritual pain. It was carrying that, that weight of sin. It was the agony, the wrestling in prayer. And, and as he died on that cross, all the sin you've ever done, all the sin I've ever done, wiped out, clean, gone. And literally, when God looks at your life, he, he literally cannot see the sin. You can try to remind him all you want. God, I just did that mistake. Oh, did you? Like literally, he's like, I, I do not see that. I don't see it. I do not hold it against you. And that's why when the scripture says there's no condemnation, there's no judgment, he means it. Like literally, he doesn't see it. It's incredible. And three days later, the scripture tells us that he rose again. And when we put faith in Jesus, when we believe that that story is true, that the Son of God died for us and rose again, that we can have a relationship with God. It's beautiful. That's the good news. And that's what changed Epaphras' life. That's what changed Paul's life. That's what changed my life. And that's what can change your life. I encourage you, if, if you've never taken that step and said, yeah, God, I want a relationship with you, you can. Just ask. Just ask. Just ask. He, he really loves you. Um, and that's what I want to leave you with. Jesus modeled it for us. He prayed. He wrestled. He agonized in prayer. And it's not fun. Agony is not fun. <laughs> and I'm sure I don't know what actual agony means, right? We live very comfortable lives here in, in Canada. But prayer is hard work. But look, prayer changes lives. Prayer works. Cha prayer changes things. And you have it in you. You have it in you. And the truth is this. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back to what we said earlier. The best things in life are work aren't they? The best things. The most valuable things in life, there's always a cost. Think of saving for a wedding ring. That's not easy. <laughs> Think of raising your kids, right? Like we said earlier, that's not easy. Think of being married. That's not always easy. The thing's worth anything. There's a cost to it, okay? Um, and they're difficult, but it's worth it. And that's what prayer is. And that's my prayer for you, is that you'd leave today with a new identity, that you are a prayer warrior. Um, and just because it may not be natural, it doesn't mean that we're not going to do it. We're going to do it even if it feels tough, difficult, unnatural. Um, and when we pray, the spiritual world changes. Um, and there are not just one or two prayer warriors in Mountainside. No, every single one of us, all of us. We all have, have it in us because the spirit of Jesus lives inside of us. Isn't that great? So let's develop that habit. Um, let's see our personal lives change. Let's see our families change. Let's see this church change. Let's see Bimbrook change. Amen? So... Talking about prayer, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, just the privilege of, of knowing you, God. You could have just unwritten us from history and started over, but God, you loved us so much that you came to this world for us. So God, I pray that we would actually live out this new identity, this new creation, God, that we would be the prayer warriors that you want us to be because that's who you say we are, Jesus. And, and we just pray for the future of this church, for this community, for our families, that, they, that your will would be done in all of it. In your name, Jesus, amen.
Amen. I'm going to invite Eliza up just to close this off. I want to remind you, uh, we have our prayer corner here at the end of service. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, be as specific as you want, as vague as you want. We have a great team of people here that will pray uh, with you. Thanks, Eliza. Awesome. I'm going to call um, the ushers forward, and they're going to start um, our giving. I'm also going to call our friend Aaron 